History Bay Briefs. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Corey. I'm Ginny. And we are the Art History Babes. We're here recording on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. We're not watching the Super Bowl. I could care less. But I feel like the subject is apt to it being Super Bowl Sunday. I agree. I just envision like someone watching the Super Bowl in like a basement with kind of fake wood paneled walls with a poster of one of Coolidge's dogs playing poker. I'm sure that is the reality. Yeah. In many homes. Yeah. And in middle America. (laughs) So we're going to give you a a quick baby episode on an American (laughs) classic, dogs playing poker. Because why not paint a bunch of paintings of dogs playing poker? Literally, why not? Like that is... There's no reason not to. There is no reason not to. (laughs) So a little bit, I swear I know more about this than I ever thought. I would in my life. (laughs) So let's share some of that knowledge now. These paintings are the creation of artist Cassius Marcellus Coolidge, also known as C.M. Coolidge, also known as Cash. Cash. I heard his nickname was because he was like kind of a swindler a little bit. Money maker deals and such. (laughs) Making deals. And he was a gambler himself, I'm pretty sure. I think he was very intimate with the game poker and just making all kinds of little odd jobs here and there, but I digress. Before he was painting dogs, he was born in upstate New York to farmer parents in 1844. Details of his early childhood and family history are somewhat scarce. We don't know that much, but his parents were abolitionists and Quakers. Coolidge worked a variety of jobs in Antwerp and Rochester, New York, including he worked at a couple banks, he owned a couple drug stores. He was a travel writer for a local newspaper. His artistic pursuits were also equally eclectic. He painted cartoons for the local newspaper and did lightning drawings, which are kind of what we know of as like caricatures. So he would just make really quick likenesses of people in a couple minutes and then get like a few cents for them. So it was like performance, but you know, quick, cheap, fun, go to parties, I'm sure. Oh, definitely. He designed cartoon cutouts like you see at carnivals and fairs where you can like stick your face in the head in the head hole of like a muscle man or giant woman or something i love those things (laughs) he wrote a comedic opera about a mosquito epidemic in new york and new jersey he also designed the costumes and sets for said opera what i wouldn't give to just see like a scene from that like i have no idea yeah what a comedic opera about yeah. mosquitoes would be like know. you know and how were the mosquitoes as props designed like did he just right? paint them or yeah i don't know it wasn't until a bit later in his life that a friend convinced him to go to new york and take some art lessons after seeing some of his drawings coolidge took only several lessons before returning home and he remained a largely self-taught artist So let's talk about the dogs. What everyone's here for. (laughs) Here for the pups. All right. Coolidge first began painting dogs for the lids of cigar boxes. 
He worked for an advertising company, Brown and Bigelow, creating popular works such as A Bold Bluff, Poker Sympathy, and Pinched with Four Aces. These works, including many of his others, were soon reproduced as posters, prints, and calendars. His most famous image is actually <laughs> often titled Dogs Playing Poker. Right. But Dogs Playing Poker is actually the name of the series. Yes. <laughs> the many images of Dogs Playing Poker. It is a series. It is quite a series. But the image that's most famous that you have most likely seen <laughs> is actually titled A Friend in Need. <laughs> And the title makes a lot of sense <laughs> because if you use your skills of visual analysis, you will see that this is actually an image of dogs cheating at poker. There is right in the front, there is one one pup slipping an, another pup a card with his little puppy feet <laughs> while the rest remain intently unaware. unaware. Yeah. They are just in the game. So, so you got to look for the details, guys. <laughs> So, like, I was just, like, looking. I mean, obviously, I've seen this image a billion times. But I was looking at it from an art historian's point of view for the first time, like, ever. (laughs) Yep. And I get a kind of weird Last Supper-y feel about it. Yeah. No, absolutely. They're all around a table. You've got the one centered dog. (laughs) There's some secretive shit going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. And I think it's interesting, too, because especially in The Last Supper, Judas is always, like, obscure or he's either with his back to the viewer or his face is like only in profile or it's sort of in shadow and like all the dogs that are unaware of the cheating like you can see their faces pretty clearly whereas the one that's getting the card you can't see his face at all and the other one is in profile that's probably way too deep I love it but I just had I'm obsessed (laughs) that is amazing somebody write a thesis on that immediately how two dogs became Judas Judas. (laughs) I love it. Another couple images to talk about that are pretty interesting are A Bold Bluff and Waterloo 2. So much like A Friend in Need, there is actually a narrative beyond the simple concept of dogs playing poker going on with A Bold Bluff and Waterloo 2. In the first, the St. Bernard is shown holding a weak hand while the rest of the dogs maintain staunch poker faces. In Waterloo 2, the St. Bernard is cleaning up his winnings and the dogs are visibly upset. And the way of showing <laughs> the dogs has been visibly upset. It's so funny. Oh like this God. bulldog just has like a gremlin face For and real. it's just like the brows are all furrowed. Another dog's mouth is open, his eyes are closed, and like they're the, just so shocked. And, and, like, and like the Doberman Pincher looks like the expression a dog makes when it's like caught after it poops in the house or right? something. What I love is like, yeah, so all of those dogs you just mentioned are their mouths are wide open and they're just like so upset. But the little collie, which like yeah. collies are not the smartest dogs. The collie does not look upset. The Holly is just like just laughing. like laughing or smiling, like oh. like not upset at all, which I feel like is very representative of a, a collie. I know he really takes he seems to take into account personalities of the dogs. <laughs> Definitely, um, and, you know they have like little props too, like they have cigars and like little spectacles yeah. and stuff. <laughs> 
like Mr. Moneybag from Monopoly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but there's so many great ones to look at. Just a couple other ones. Poker Sympathy. <laughs> this one's fun. Because the dog that just like lost, he's like sinking <laughs> under the table. Like, oh, God, it's all over. And all the other dogs are like on the other side of the table just Laugh laughing at him. At him. <laughs> Pinched with four aces is um, <laughs> a poker game that's getting broken up by some dog cops. <laughs> dog police. With little helmets and nightsticks and everything. It reminds me of a post I saw that was like, I wonder if if regular dogs feel the same way about cop dogs as humans feel about cops. <laughs> <laughs> Like if they get all like like nervous, scared. yeah, nervous and scared. <laughs> it's a good question. <laughs> yeah, no, that is. <laughs> so, in addition to images of dogs playing poker, Coolidge also painted images of dogs playing football, dogs playing baseball, and dogs out for a night of dinner and dancing. That one's a fun one. <laughs> I think it's actually on New Year's Eve too. They're out celebrating. <laughs> I don't know why it's so funny, but it really is. It is. It's great. (laughs) It's great. I love it. Who didn't really love it was Coolidge's (laughs) wife and daughter. (laughs) (laughs) So in 2002, his daughter, who was 92 years old at the time, if you think about that, where he was born in 1844, and you're like, his daughter was 92 in 2002? He was in his like mid-60s when he had her. He married one of his art students who was 29. So... Just a little aside fact. But anyways, his daughter said that her and her mother were more cat people than dog people. And quote, you can't imagine a cat playing poker. It doesn't seem to go. (laughs) Which is true. (laughs) Oh, man. I wonder if someone's going to challenge that if we're going to see the cats playing poker series. I'm into it. I am too. Why not? Right? So the Dogs Playing Poker series has been considered by many to really be like the epitome of kitsch. Yeah. They've been around for a long time, but from like, especially in the 1970s, and then as far as I can remember through to the 1990s, this image was pretty essential to the American working class aesthetic. Like I have a pretty, like many distinct memories of this image because my dad had a copy of one in like one of our apartments when we were younger, which makes perfect sense. My dad is your typical like working class dude from Iowa. Yeah, like, yeah. And I, he has a good sense of humor too. Right, so right, it was right, right. Definitely like, but he had. I don't remember if it was a printer. It was framed. I remember it was framed. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. So we had an image of this. And so like even it was huge in the 70s, which kitsch was huge in the 70s. And that continued on for at least 20 years. Right, right. Where this image was kind of everywhere. And to the whole it being Super Bowl Sunday thing, (laughs) circa 2000, ESPN Sunday Night Football actually ran an advertisement that depicted actual dogs playing poker. (laughs) And they were arguing about football like ESPN is on in the background. (laughs) And one of them was voiced by Gilbert Godfrey. Oh, oh, what a distinct voice. Right. You can find it on YouTube. Um, I remember I remember that ad, too. I'd definitely seen that ad before. So just the legacy of dogs playing poker right there. Absolutely. While the image was widely reproduced and easily accessible, the original works ended up being worth quite a bit of money. In 1998, a Coolidge original sold for $74,000 at Sotheby's. Mm. And in 2005, a Bold Bluff and Waterloo 2, <laughs> so that uh, C 
series, the the narrative of yep. the dog winning, uh, <sighs> sold to an anonymous bidder for $590,400. Man, oh man. Right? Right? <laughs> I can't even imagine. <laughs> Um, so these images, you know, are worth something pretty much any time we talk about like art like this. I, it is important to ask, was there more to these right. images? Right. And, and what do they really mean to society? A lot of critics tend to dismiss these works and often poke fun of, at them. There was actually a museum that had this whole like post on its website on April Fool's Day about trying <laughs> to acquire dogs playing poker. <laughs> and it was like the biggest, the way it was written was, it was such a dry like museum joke oh <laughs> like, yes i was like ha 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 ha, ha, ha. <laughs> but these images are poked fun at all the time and they are funny images but it has been suggested that this series is actually a satirical commentary on the upper class and their excesses yeah so you know, you know there's there could be some deeper commentary there right. more than just like dogs playing poker How funny. Um, <laughs> and then i think it's also just important to like at least think about yeah they are kitschy and they are goofy but these images they clearly represent a specific time and place yes and definitely in human history you know what i mean like definitely. they're part of a, an aesthetic and a culture and they're, they're representative of that in a very real way and so i think that gives them some value at least yes you know like no, i agree i agree i mean like kitsch is so culturally grounded mm-hmm. and especially considering like art and its role in culture like it just gives a lot of insight into a particular culture in which it was made so like looking at these really kitschy works you can read a lot into the culture in which they were made and the time period in which they were made the fact that they were made in America mm-hmm. and by an American painter so it's not just I think there is more to it than just like how funny it would be to see dogs playing poker yeah <laughs> You know, and because you can think about more questions like, why did people love this? Why do they still love it? Right. Well, because um, we love dogs. I mean, right? I think that's universal, but I don't know. Like, yeah. it, we definitely love them in the United States, like a lot. Oh, certainly. Like more than many other countries. That's for sure. Yeah, and we like sports. Yeah, and. and- Gambling. Guys gathering around smoking cigars. Exactly. There was betting. actually um, something I read that compared these paintings to Tennessee Williams p- plays. Ah. Because yeah. they deal with kind of a si- yeah. similar kind of gender roles and characteristics. Yes. You know, this idea of, yeah, men mm-hmm. sitting around in groups smoking cigars and playing yeah. poker. And right. then the women are kind of weight on the men right. and stuff. And making snacks. Yeah. <laughs> That's also an interesting comparison. Definitely. Dogs playing poker. Dogs playing poker. So now do yourself a favor and check out the whole series. Yeah. There's there's a website, dogsplayingpoker.com. Yeah, because <laughs> some of them are way funnier than oh, the, yeah. like the original one. Like yeah. they get pretty goofy. They so do. definitely <laughs> check it out. Also, if you like us, you should check out our subscriber list. Yes. Monthly newsletters, all kinds of good stuff in there. Information about what's going on with us. And there will also be like little deals and stuff. So you'll mm-hmm. be You'll be like a little VIP. Keep an eye out. Yeah. So head over to arthistorybabes.com slash contact. 
little box. You can sign up for our newsletter. We promise not to spam you. We don't we don't have time to no, spam you. We really don't. <laughs> so about once a month you can expect an email from us. Yes. Um, get on that. Check out our Patreon. Check out all of our social media bits. We're on all of them. And they're great. They're great. Thank you for listening to this Art History Babe Brief. Thank you. From the frogs it's, it's like, so peaceful it's like we're in a little uh in the bayou the art history babes podcast is made possible by support from our lovely listeners via patreon head over to patreon.com slash art history babes to help keep the art history babes going and for access to bonus content without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.